Welcome back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Paul, and today I'm running solo. Uh, Adam and Brian have the night off, but we'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, recently, I had the pleasure of sitting down with founding Zoss Films member Bill Jeleno to discuss some of their upcoming ventures and films, and it was a blast. We talked on the phone for about 90 minutes, and uh, I have a great interview that I think you'll all enjoy. If you like what you hear, remember, there's more to come. Check us out at datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us, the show, and check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send us submissions at datingourselvespodcast at aol.com. We've got mail. With no further ado, I would like to introduce you to Bill Jonah. Hey everyone, welcome back to the past. I'm joined today by Bill Jeleno of Zoss Films, and I'm kind of excited to sit down and talk to him about some upcoming projects, but before we get to that, uh, Bill, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I just want to say thank you, Paul, so much for having me on your show. I've been listening to you guys for from the beginning, and uh, you know, I'm very fortunate that you've had me on your show. Um, you know, just a, a little background for from me is um, I pretty much lived my entire life in West Michigan. Um, was heavily involved with um, you know your your normal extracurricular activities, the sports, soccer. Um, band, marching band, um, did a little bit of theater there near the end of, uh, my high school career. And, uh, you know, it was, I would say a pretty, pretty typical student growing up for the most part. Um, went to Granville High School in the greater Grand Rapids area. And when I got out of schooling, um, just really joined the workforce and, uh, you know, met my wonderful, beautiful wife. Her name is Stephanie. And uh, she's a part of Zoss Films as well, and we've been able to really kind of grow from there. Cool. So what you mentioned Zoss Films. What exactly is Zoss Films? Well, Zoss Films, uh, it's Z-O-S Films. It stands for Zombies of Sideshow. And with Zombies of Sideshow... That's awesome. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) One of my... Well, what really kind of got me into films... Um, well, growing up as a boy, I, I remember the year was 1993, and the first real big spectacle I enjoyed was the very first Jurassic Park, and yes. that storytelling, the visuals, I mean, of course, at that time, CGI was in its infancy, and it was such a big grand marketing scheme for children, but I mean, it was something that really got me heavily involved in what storytelling and what, you know, joy and terror and, you know, how things kind of felt and looked. And from that... Can I interrupt you right there for a question? Sure. So, just because you mentioned Jurassic Park, yeah. because I would have to list that as a film that, you know, may, gave me my love of, you know, films and pop culture as well. Mm-hmm. But do you remember a lot of the controversy around the rating in the PG, PG-13? Absolutely, I do. I mean, the original, from at least my concept was is that they were really shooting for an R rating. Um, going back to the book, um, you know, it's not a 
child-friendly sort of film. And they were really pushing for that R rating. And when Spielberg, you know, signed up and listed in it, um, you know, he was not about that. And they did a lot of rewrites and things in order to make that happen. So just out of curiosity, because, you know, this is a Grand Rapids venture, a lot of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Did you see it at Studio 28? I did see it in Studio 28. <laughs> and, you know, I, I believe it may have been in Theater 1 there. I, I mean, for anybody who's ever been in that theater, there was the big grand entrance where you bought your tickets and got your popcorn. was, you know, further into the theater on another end, but... You came around the corner, and Theater One was right there by the ticket station, and they would typically have, uh, um, you know, that's where they have their big marquees or big marketing posters or, uh, you know, cardboards and things. And I just remember the big uh, archway of Jurassic Park over that um, Theater One there. Yes, and the giant paper uh, paper mache T Rex oh, yeah. uh, head coming yeah, from the from ceiling. The ceiling. I do remember that. Now that you bring that up, I do remember that. So the, what drove me down this route is because Studio 28 for the Uninitiated was the first multiplex in the United States. It was the largest theater of its kind for a very long time. And at a point in time, Grand Rapids actually had a few movie premieres. Um, Leprechaun with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Classic. The premiere for that movie was actually, was actually at Studio 28 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I was just curious if you had any input on that or if uh, that kind of movie culture of this area uh, this area kind of helped draw you into film you know I would say it absolutely did to you know I would say to a certain extent um, that atmosphere of the, the popcorn seeing all the other little children you know they had little arcade things and neon lights and you know it was it was really a it was a festival every time you would go to the theaters it was Getting, you know, if you remember the actual sign or the the marquee over Studio 28, the, the 28 that had the bulbs on them, um, you know, it was, you know, as, as a little boy at, at, in 93, being eight years old, um, you know, it was just, and seeing so many children, so many families, and, you know, there'd be adult, you know, rated R films and people would be going to, but it really was like that carnival feeling for me. And it really, that feeling of me as a little boy, you know, hasn't left. And I enjoy bringing, you know, that type of joy and feeling and storytelling to people and helping people bring those stories to life as well. And that's something that I found now as an adult that really brings me back to that feeling as a boy. Well, I didn't mean to derail you too much there, but because you said Jurassic Park, I had to put in that little tidbit about Studio 28. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, getting back on topic here, um, you know, that that feeling is what first kind of drew, drew me into films. And, you know, there's I can go down a whole list of other films, too, that kind of did it for me, too. And my dad saw some of that joy. And my dad owned a family restaurant as a boy. And we kind of half lived in that restaurant, you know, we'd, we'd wake up in the morning, go there. Um, we would sleep because we'd be there at five, five thirty in the morning. We'd sleep in the office. Then mom would wake us up, um, get us dressed and bring us to school. And then when school was done, come pick us up, bring us back to the restaurant. And when you're that little as a child, um, you want to kind of get into mischief. So one of the things that my dad found that worked 
to kind of curtail some of that mischief um, with me was having me write. And he introduced me to a word program on his computer. I said, hey, why don't you write me something? You know, and from, you know, between the movies, between that experience too of writing, I always said I wanted to be a movie director. You know, as I, as I grew and as I got older, I found I had a couple other talents that I really, you know, I excelled in and I, I heavily still enjoy doing them. Um, one of which is music and I got a little sidetracked in life, I would say, and got more into the, um, musical end of things for a while. Um, recorded some things, helped record some things, it helped a lot of other friends with like, uh, live sound productions. But, um, you know, getting us back into what got me into films and what Zoss is, the Zombies of Sideshow, was, you know, some time had passed and I got a link to auditions for a zombie film being filmed in Grand Rapids. And at this time... How old were you at this point? How old was I? Yeah. Um, uh, at this point, I'd say I was 29, 30. Because this would, this would be about three or four years ago now. Okay. And it's really kind of even funny how we, I got involved in that because, you know, I, I, I saw it and I'm like, extra zombie, I'm like, guaranteed to get the role. But auditions were on a Saturday. And I always worked Saturday at that time. But something, and this was maybe a couple months prior to the actual auditions, I got the link. I was like, oh, well, thank you. But, you know, just kind of blew it off. Well, for some circumstance, I took that Saturday off. Me and my wife were driving around. We were actually at a comic book shop in the, in the, the Kentwood area and Grand Rapids area. And, uh, as we were leaving, gold mine there, I'm sorry, what's that? You can shout out Goldmine. Oh, it is Goldmine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right over there in 56th and Division. And it's a great place, and I, I love those guys very, very much. Um, but I was leaving. We were leaving. You know, my wife, me and my wife went out there real quick. She kind of humored me with uh, going to the comic shop with me. And uh, as we were leaving, we were going to grab some lunch, and happened to look at the clock, and I'm like, saw the date, saw the time. I'm like, you know, those auditions are going on right now. Would you want to go? And, you know, it was a beautiful day. It was um, sometime in, uh, like, April, late April, and it was, you know, like, beautiful, sunny, 70 degrees, no humidity. It was like, yeah, let's go do it. And uh, <laughs> so we head on out. We show up to the audition and uh, got, it, got a roll. It's as simple as it was, and, you know, as the, as the process kind of goes through, you show up. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday shoot. So I'd show up, I'd sit in a makeup chair, and then I'd go do my thing. There's a lot of hurry up and wait in film, um, and that's what I kind of learned on this production. I was no longer, you know, in high school I did some audiovisual things, you know, because I like the entertainment and stuff. But, you know, being in high school, shooting some high school class stuff is not what adults are doing. So it's get there. You got to be here at four o'clock, but you're not even going to be on set till six thirty-seven at least. You know? So if you get there at four, and then you're in a line, and you know the first day you're there, I'm, I like to think I'm a fairly outgoing person. Start talking to some people. Hey, who are you? Hey, who are you? Oh, you're from the city. Oh, you're from you know Traverse City. Oh, you're from Detroit. You know, you get to meet some of these people, and then you show up the next day. 
You know, and, and when you're in the makeup chair, the makeup artist is telling you about where their background is and asking you how you're doing. And, um, you know, there's some buttheads on every set, but this was not one of them. Every single person that I met was just a blessing in one way or another. And, you know, we every night after we get done filming, we go to go across the street from the studio that we're filming in, and we, you know, grab some appetizers, have a couple of drinks, just kind of joy out as zombies in a, in a, you know, a sports bar or whatever, and everyone's kind of giving you the weird eye, like, what the hell are these people doing? That, that was going to be my yeah. question, is did you go in full makeup? You know, we just really kind of had a lot of fun. So we started a private group on uh, social media and said, hey, you know, we all had a blast. Let's kind of keep in contact as this film moves on. Um, and the name of the film was called Sideshow. Well, I'll kind of fast forward a little bit. We had a we had another little get-together, reunion-ish, and just had, you know, a cocktail bonfire and had a good time. And a week after that, one of the co-founders of Zoss Films, um, Bill Tenney, he reached out to everybody, you know, in a private message. And I just happened to be one of the people that was invited in this and said, hey, you know, we really grew together on these sets and we grew together in this reunion. Um, some of us are pursuing acting and things in film as a career. And we'd like to put together something as a reel um, for our act, you know, so that something to submit to other producers and directors for auditions. Would anybody be interested? And a group of us jumped right on board. So we set a date. We're going to get together. We're going to kind of come up with a concept of what we want to film, and then we're going to film. You know, we're all going to have input about what this story is, and we we all kind of get together. We show up to this house, and uh, I'm the only one who has pen and paper. (laughs) You're in a writing group. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we, we hashed out as a team a basic concept of a, of course, once again, a horror type of film, but we didn't want to do the zombie stuff at this point. Um, we went with more of a ghost paranormal type of feel. And, uh, we go around the table because most, I mean, I'm, we're with actors at this point. Everybody wants to act. And it's like, okay, let's fill a role. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And they, they get to me and they're like, well, Bill, what would you like to be? And I'm like, director. I can act, I can perform, but, you know, the the most this space isn't on screen, maybe a little better. So, you know, it wasn't a control thing. It's just, you know, that's what I I wanted to be a part of for this. And then we go around the table. You know, does anybody know how to get equipment for any of this? Because of my experience in high school, I was like, well, I can get some, I'll go go hit up my old teacher for my AV class and uh, then we go around again. Does anybody know how to edit? I'm like, well, I guess I can edit. I know how to edit too. Um, so that's, that was really kind of the first start of it and we got through that film. We had an end goal. It was a film competition and, you know, there was restrictions. It could only be for so long. It's a competition called By Felicia. Had to be under twenty. The only restrictions was it had to be under twenty minutes. Um, it could be any genre, but it was through a, a horror website. So, um, they, you know, almost everybody did horror genre, but you know, it had to be under twenty minutes. Had to have a character named Felicia, and the last line of the film was by Felicia. 
that's a great premise for a short for a short film festival. That that's a great set of rules because you have a lot of freedom, but that's also you know a hilarious pop culture Absolutely. joke. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> that's from Friday, right? Isn't that where that's where Felicia started? Right? It was Friday with um, Chris Tucker, yep. Ice Cube. Yep, and uh, that was really when that boom of that of those memes were going around on social media too of by Felicia. So it was just a great. I mean, it, it fit perfectly. And uh, so we made this film, and over that experience, I mean, this entire time, I'm like, I'm not getting into making films. I've, you know, jumped into things way too quick sometimes, whether it was, oh, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to, now I'm going to be a comic book artist for somebody. You know, it's just, it's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Just doing this to help out some friends. But through that process, Two people really stuck out to me, and one of which I mentioned already, Bill Kenny. The other was Jim Lehman, and those two people really stepped up and helped make that production what it was. And they came up with the concepts of the name. You know, like, hey, we all came from Sideshow. We were all zombies. You know, Zoss Films. And you know, they didn't have experience running a camera, but when when somebody needed to step up and do something somebody was right there or whether it was audio or whatever it may be, you know, they really stepped it up. And I remember on that second day of filming, um, there's the three of us together. I said, you know, I want to do this forever now. And they're like, so us, you know, this is us right here. This is us right here. They're like, yep. So we're the founding, founding members. I'm like, yep. From here on out, this is awesome. And it's really kind of grown from there. So to revisit uh, Sideshow, the movie mm-hmm. that brought you together, if people wanted to revisit your humble beginnings, is that film available online that people could go back and watch it, or is it faded into <laughs> uh, obscurity? I'm glad you said obscurity and not oblivion, and you'll catch that joke here in a minute. Um, that, has not, that has not been released yet. Um, what it was is it's a – the concept was it's an anthology film where um, – some children run away from their house for the night to go visit a carnival. And every tent they visit, is a different theme of horror. The one that we, you know, the zombie tent was the segment that we filmed. And then uh, they filmed three out of the five parts. And um, there was some, um, I guess what you call creative differences between producers and director, and the director was released. Um, I did actually catch wind um, fairly recently that that is now been redirected. They're keeping all the old footage, and they're going to complete the last two parts. Um, and changing the na- name from Sideshow to um, From Oblivion, I believe, is uh, going to be the new title. Oh. So... Um, yeah, I, I don't know at this time of day when that will be done, but believe me, if you follow Zoss Films on any social media, or um, you know, if you if you end up being friends with me on um, on any other social media networks, um, that will definitely be broadcasted and shared because that is from our very very beginnings and roots. Very cool. Well, I look forward to seeing that. I've seen some of your other work, and I. I absolutely love it. Um, I'm going to go off. I'm going to derail again. But uh, a film you did recently, Joust, 
I had not laughed that hard in a very long time. And if it's okay with you, can you give a brief synopsis of Joust, if that's even possible? Because it's so unique, it's almost hard to describe. Um, it is a little bit, um, maybe a little difficult to describe, but I guess the basic synopsis is that um, there is a young man who wants to win over his best girl by joining a joust competition against his rival nemesis, the Nocturne. And um, through that process, uh, you know, he goes and tries to win the girl. But it is filled with um, quite a bit of absurdity and a lot of pop culture Easter eggs. And, you know, especially, you know, people in, the, I would say, that would follow... Um, the dating ourselves type of podcast, you know, the first time you watch it, you'll pick up on maybe half of those references. And then you go back and you watch it again. The second time you'll pick up on more and more. And that just really kind of grows. I mean, it's a 22 minute film. And I think, you know, we counted it one time and it's something like four or five pop culture references a minute. So they kind of fly at you real fast. And some are more subtle and some are a little bit more in your face, but, um, you know, we had a, that was a huge step forward in our production levels and creative um, processes of making something of quality and having fun in that process. And that's a big thing about Zoss Films and making sure that everybody that's on our set has fun and anybody who views our films has fun. Yeah, I, I have to say that that, I don't want to say that was the first film I saw of yours because I want to say I saw right. Homecoming first. But... Um, with Joust, the one scene that always sticks out in my mind, and I'm going to have to try and fight back laughter while I'm thinking about it, is uh, when the nemesis is making his entry onto the field and there's fireworks uh, going off on the side and it's their... I don't know what to describe. They're like fountain-style fireworks, like a Piccolo Pete type, the kind that, you know, whistle and shoot sparks, and one of them tips over and he just keeps going and it were it looks beautiful perfect i heard a rumor that that was actually a mistake that the fireworks weren't no. supposed to tip over uh did you guys fire the pyro guy or how this what, what, what happened yeah, the, 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 with the fireworks on on that because we we had our our nemesis enter the battlefield first nocturne and when we purchased these fireworks we didn't know how big they really were at first and I wanted to get bigger ones. And looking back, I'm glad we did it because we may have actually hurt somebody. But, you know, the when the nemesis enters, there's a, a green screen with his face, and these fireworks are huge, and he's in his battle armor. And, uh, you know, it's really over the top, and it's probably, you know, 45 seconds long or something, really dr- kind of drawn out. And then our hero enters the stage, and there's these little tiny fireworks, and they just do really quick pops, you know. And, yeah, you you are correct that, that you know, we have just a great camera angle, and the one pops and falls right over, and it's just so ridiculous. It's like two seconds. You know, we get a 45-second entrance of our uh, nemesis, and then our uh, our uh, protagonist of the film was he gets a two-second intro, and it's it was actually just pure circumstance that we got that comedy there it it i would have thought you planned it the way it worked out like i I believe it was at the premiere that i heard that that was a mistake and i didn't believe it because it just worked out perfect in the film and i i there are a lot of moments that you know are get good deep belly laughs but that's one that is like forever you know you're not the first one to to say that either um 
you know, several, several fans of ours that, you know, follow us very regularly and are, you know, I'm very thankful to know these people personally too, as well, um, through many different avenues. You know, that's one scene I'd say, you know, eight out of every 10 review of what their favorite part of the film is, is that part. And like, everybody's like convinced it was done on purpose. And I'm like, no, that is just pure circumstance. It, that just actually happens. <laughs> it, it's the best. I mean, we, we, you know, we did that take probably three or four times. And I looked at all of them and, you know, there's some really good ones on the other ones. I like some of the reactions of the actor maybe on the other ones, but that firework falling over after exploding was, it really was just pure magic at that point. So I guess I, I, I'm going to jump back in time now, and I mentioned Homecoming, and I'd like to talk about that too, because uh, I believe you have some other notes related to that. Uh, but uh, can, you, can you give us an overview of what Homecoming was and how it came Absolutely. Um, one of the co-writers, uh, I was one of the co-writers on the first Homecoming, and uh, one of the other co-writers, Jeremy, he, um, we made films in high school together. And, you know, just because of life and you get out of high school, you know, paths kind of go their separate ways. But our friendship started crossing back over again right about the time I was making films. And, you know, I'd show him some of my stuff and other things that I had been involved with. And he had actually asked me to help him make a graphic novel. And then he's like, oh, you know, maybe one day we can uh, make this into a film and I'm like, yeah, you know, as we build the skills, because, I mean, it's a beautiful story, and, uh, you know, it was just a great idea, and that's how we kind of picked back up. Well, one of our co-founders, Jim Lehman, that I had mentioned earlier, sends us a, sends me a picture of a Jason Voorhees mask of Friday the 13th, and we're, at this point, it was September-ish, um, so, I mean, we're, we were reaching up on that Halloween time, and I'm saying, we should do a fan film of Friday the 13th. And nobody is a bigger fan of that than Jeremy. So I instantly sent him a picture of this and said, would you want to help Sauce Films make a fan film? And he jumped right on it. You know, he it, it was not two feet in, it was head first. Um, we, you know, wrote two separate scripts and brought in the pieces that we liked of each one to come up with a, a final version. And, you know, from writing to finished, we had it done by Halloween for the premiere. And, um, you know, that the idea of the name Homecoming was that there's a character in the Friday the 13th films named Tyler Jarvis. And anybody who's ever seen that, the, he's, he, I believe he was in three of the films, and I can't tell you which numbers they are. I feel really bad that I don't remember those at the point. But um, um, I believe it was Corey Feldman that played Tommy Jarvis the first time. Um, yes. At the end of that film, you know, Jason's been murdered or defeated, and they insinuate that maybe the spirit of J- Jason has entered Tommy. Well, in the in the sequels to follow, that plot line never followed through. So Jeremy was like, well, what? It was almost a what-if type of concept. You know, what if something did happen to Tommy? 
where he wants to join the ranks of um, of what Jason Voorhees was doing when murdering these people. And uh, so we wrote a script, and you know, it's kind of a pseudo Jason Voorhees, Tommy Jarvis uh, story. And uh, yeah, that's where that basic idea had first started from was uh, really trying to bring that concept of what Tommy Jarvis may have gone through going into uh, maybe a rehabilitation sort of center through the trauma that he's been, coming out thinking that he's doing better, and then, you know, murder, going down and trying to murder all his friends. And uh, near the end, kind of the apex <laughs> of the film, the big, bigger climax is, you know, then Jason shows up and... Uh, ends up finishing off everybody. <laughs> so I, I want to revisit something real quick. You said that this started to come together in September and you were done yeah. for Halloween release. In fact, um, you know, th- th- those were some of the growing pains with Lost Films. Is, um, we, we had done one other production in between our first one, which I mentioned where we started. That is called Home is Where the Soul Is. Um, we literally had... 60 days exactly from the time we were at that writing table to the time we had to submit to that website, the horror website for this competition. So we showed up, we wrote this thing, we filmed it, we edited it, and we got it up online. Um, we did pretty much the exact same thing with Homecoming, which was, you know, hey, I have an idea. Would you want to help out? We got 60 days to get this done. <laughs> and... um and, you know, it, it's a lot of fun when you kind of do it that way. But, um, you know, we had mentioned Joust before. You know, it, that's a very tiring process if you're trying to cram something in like that unless you have a full-bore produ- production team. You know, multiple writers, multiple camera people. I mean, um, you know, on this freedom micro-level type of budgets, that's a lot of undertaking. And that's something that we had learned through those processes was, you know, 60 days is a minimal time to try and accomplish it. But, yeah, uh, we started beginning of September with uh, the concept and getting things written and had it done by uh, on October 31st. We put it up online and we had the premiere at my house for that. That's awesome. And that's a that's a insane window to bring all that together, especially for that. This would have been your second film. right? We, we, had, home, um, um, we had filmed something in between. Um, unfortunately, there was some issues in that process and that has not been completed, but that is definitely something we are going to go revisit at another point. Am I missing any other notable titles? I know you've got some upcoming projects, but is one uh, in the in between, uh, what am I overlooking that, yeah, um, you know, really the really basic roots of what Doss Films was, was leading up to what Joust is. Um, and that's been just, that was really the big first start. And, you know, at least on my end of things, the other members and um, people that maybe have been involved with other production stuff with us on those films, you know, they're actors, they, you know, had big breaks. Um, one of them was on a, What's that show uh, on Fox? Uh, I can't remember now. It's um, oh jeez, Empire. The show Empire. Bill Kenny's been on there three times now. Okay. Um, Jim Wayman has been a part of um, wow. their Phoenix Reborn films with Bill Kraft. 
who's another, you know, um, West Michigan, um, out of Kalamazoo area, um, filmmaker and a creative person, um, with the Fat Bastards, if you ever see that or you hear that, they got premieres around the nation for that. Um, you know, we've all kind of had our things, but I kept it a little bit smaller. I was focusing on the Zaw stuff. And then once Jeremy had gotten on board, who also helped, um, wrote, uh, Joust, um, you know, I kept it on this, that kind of maybe more inclusive sort of level. Um, and that's really where it was in the beginning. But soon after Joust, um, I was given an opportunity to help Bill Kenny on something. He had met some people. He was doing his acting stuff and asked me if I could help him direct because, you know, Bill's not, he's more on the acting stuff. And not that he's not capable of leading or something like that, but he wanted somebody that maybe could help him a little bit more. So he asked me now about and so I came out there and shot a web series. Um, you know, they're two, three minute long episodes. So we shot a whole season in three days. You know, they were, they weren't short days. You know, you're doing 10, 12 hour days each, but you know, to get two minutes an episode and, um, that, that series is called Summer of Sex. You can find that on YouTube as well. Um, but somebody saw my camera work and gave me an opportunity to work on a feature film and it, things for Zoss and for myself really began to snowball at that point. Yeah, and just, um, so I got to work on this feature film and um, it was in the Ann Arbor area, so I was working with a lot of people out of Detroit, Ann Arbor, Flint area, who would come out and, you know, they all enjoyed working with me, working with my wife. Um, at, this, at this point, now, my wife Stephanie, she is... Um, she's my audio engineer. You know, none of, none of this, what sauce is, what I'm doing wouldn't be able to happen without her. Um, she's my backbone. She's my, she's my rock. She's the person who inspires me and makes me want to get better. And we do it together. We're a tag team. She, you know, I taught her the basics to how to start, but she's excelled at it and she is better than anybody else I know with a boom and a recorder in her hand. Would you say you're living the American dream because you've been able to direct your life? <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny. She gets to tell me what to do because I direct everybody else, and then she says, we have to do it again. There was a plane that was flying over. <laughs> and I don't hear this stuff. You know, and that's part of the, the training in her ear. You know, that's just the beautiful thing she has. So if anything, it's the American dream for her. She gets to tell me what to do the whole time. <laughs> but, you know... We we really we got to cultivate something with some people uh, outside of what we were doing here in the Grand Rapids area, and uh, met some amazingly talented people, and then we're given an opportunity to make a short film, which is not online for release because it is currently in the festival market. It's called a it's titled His Choice. Okay. Um, it is a an extreme drama of um, a couple that come together um, and a situation arises in their relationship and it's about the fallout of what choices are made. So you said that's on the festival market. Uh, is there a timeline for when people might be able um, to see it? You know, at, at the latest, if it doesn't, or at, I guess at the earliest, if it doesn't end up making any of the festivals, and I'm very confident actually 
quite a few of them. Selections won't be made until November. So at the earliest, that's when people would be able to start seeing it would be November 2018. If it does get into festivals, then just restrictions and guidelines and things that um, are required is that it would still have to go through the festival circuit um, and premieres and weekends and things like that. And it just really kind of depends on at that point when or who were to pick that up. Um, you know, I would say maybe um, early, late spring, early summer of 2019 um, is a fairly reasonable expectation of when that could get um, publicly uh, seen. And, um, you know, that, that was just another really great opportunity. And um, one of the actors that I've been involved with with this feature film who was also in this short, he just loves working with me and my wife and loves working with Zoss Films with Bill and has finally got to meet Jim, um, which we'll kind of get to here in a little while. But, um, you know, just really likes working with us and sees the passion, sees the love with the crew, with everybody that's involved between audio and lighting and cameras and directors and writers and um, just everything that's been kind of going around. And he wrote up a TV pilot. And, um, you know, we've really, we've knocked that out now, but, um, you know, there, there's other things that's been sprinkled in, in between, um, making that short to doing this pilot TV show now, though. Very cool. So that brings us to the present. Uh, what are you currently working um, on? There's several, several different things, actually. Um, I'll probably start with, um, since we were, we were, I want to keep it mostly um, involved with the Zoss Films family. Um, we are actually doing a sequel to the Homecoming. Um, that one is currently in production, and we will have that. Um, we'll probably have the premiere in the end of September, early October, and hopefully, if things go right, we'll have it in a theater for a night at the end of October for Halloween. Um, I don't want to give away too much of details because uh, you know, it's still kind of going on. I don't want to get leak away too much, but um, there is a change to maybe the original concepts of what we were doing. You know, this was originally a Friday the 13th type of film, and we had kind of a basic idea of doing a trilogy, you know, 20 minute, you know, ish. Um, um, sort of films for um, the Friday 13th type of franchise. Um, but once again, Mr. Jim Lehman and um, around Halloween of 2017 sends me a picture of another mask that he had bought. <laughs> and uh, I <laughs> go to Jeremy once again. I'm like, yep, Homecoming 2 is not going to be a Friday the 13th film. It's now this. And he's like, you know, he jumps right in once again, you know, like I said, not two feet, but head first. And we had changed the concept from doing a trilogy into what is the homecoming? What is the homecoming theme? And what we would like to do is, you know, probably still do a trilogy. It could be more. And we, we're playing with a couple of different full ideas of maybe how this will be wrapped up completely. But, we want to take these classic new age horror icons, not, not the 
um, the monster icons of of old. You, you know, your your Bella Lugosi's, your um, 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 come on. Now I'm now I'm draw, drawing a blank on some of these great actors. Wolfman, Frankenstein, yeah, the, the not, mummy. Yeah, not the Dracula, not the so. not the creature from the Black Lagoon, not the Frankenstein's, but the modern horror icons. One of which was Jason Voorhees, and you go down the list and you say, you know, your Freddy Krueger, your Pinheads, your Michael Myers, um, your Leprechauns, Leatherface, Leatherface, exactly. I mean, that's a little bit prior to the, that time frame, but it is still extremely in that vein. Absolutely, you know, those those modern slasher horror icons. I really, I mean, it's pop culture at this point. And I mean, look at every year; it seems like they're bringing one of those people back. I mean, they try to reboot it, but nothing, we don't, we don't want to do a reboot. We don't want to, um, we want to come up with something creative and original in a sense, but we really wanted to bring it back to those roots, the actual homecoming of these characters coming back home to celebrate what got us into that genre, genre of horror and the love and passion that those, those masterminds had. Um, creating these characters, um, you know, and it's been, it's been a joy, you know, you be able to do that. And we've had a lot of fun thinking about how we're going to move forward with this. Um, you know, I don't want to get, like I said, I don't want to give away too much about what Homecoming 2 is, but, um, on the, you know, actual creative side of things. But, you know, we, we took another icon and really wanted to bring that same sense and feel creativity creatively, um, visually, and, um, you know, aesthetically of what those films were. And, um, you know, and it's, it's been a blast. And the, the level of production now, you know, and, you know, I mentioned about doing a feature film and um, you know, being on this short and shooting a TV pilot. But, um, you know, we've got to meet some amazingly gifted talented and powerful people um, that are right on that cusp of greatness and amazing things that they're doing for themselves and for us as well. And, you know, we're right about done with production and it's, it's looking like it's going to come together and be something very, very special that we've been able to do. Um, I'm just very thankful for that. Something I want to touch on uh, really quick because uh, you dove into it and then we moved past it a little bit. But when you're talking about that specific genre and mm-hmm. modern horror icons, something that I think is lost on uh, what I would call like the, the saw CGI right. shock horror of today is in the genre of horror that you're speaking of, suspense was the real monster it painted a picture in your mind and it wasn't what you were seeing on screen that got your heart racing i mean there was you know violence and gore and hopefully (laughs) gratuitous nudity but of um, course you know the the real thing that got your heart racing was your own mind because they got you to believe without showing you anything that something was lurking in the woods and it was up to you to paint that picture. And they did it with the music and the cinematography and not with CGI or jump out moments. And it's a real art form to be able to do that because you're really putting the person 
to an extent in the director's chair because you nothing is going to be scarier than what you can imagine for yourself. And I really think that's lost today in modern movies. They try and show too much too quick or it's const it's fast paced and it's jump out at you. And one thing I loved in Homecoming was it was very much in that style. And I'm very excited that to hear that that's kind of what you're sticking Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Yeah, that? and I think you nailed it right on the head. You know, we, I enjoy some of that stuff. Um, but like you said, I, I like that, that sense of dread. I mean, to, to me, what a great horror film really is, is not an hour and a half of constant blood and gore and um, gratuitous violence. It's three or four moments throughout a film. You know, you, you might get one right off the bat just to make you know that there, this is there. And then you might go 45 minutes and not see another thing. You know, and it's really about kind of delving into these, right. these characters and these lies. You know, little hints, you know, um, you know, little, maybe little senses of, um, maybe somebody, you know, almost a point of view type of shot of somebody in the woods seeing the campers, you know, pulling the bags out of the car type of moment. Um, you know, so there's still always that thing lurking in the background and you're like, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? And then when things do kind of happen, it's still, it's just a couple moments of real true, I guess, violence. But the horror isn't the horror is the actual process of this person coming after you. You know, the 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 murder, the death is it's done. You're done now. But it's imagine surviving and trying to get through this yeah, it's, thing. It's almost the release. You know, the the actual violent portion of it is usually the moment when you can take a breath because the dread is anticipating what's about to happen and then if you know, done correctly, being wrong. Absolutely, yeah. Somebody happen. will come around and be the boyfriend. Then, hey, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, you scared me. You know, and he gets the audience too, where you're like, Oh, I thought that was him. Oh no, he's still out there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean and you know, like you said, I do enjoy some of the other gratuitous types of stuff, but I I agree. I think there is, there is this lost sense of, um, I wouldn't say true storytelling because I, you know, I don't want to put myself on a pedestal either. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's easier to do, uh, you know, pardon my language a little bit, you know, dick and fart jokes and comedy or doing, uh, you know, gratuitous violence just for the sake of violence. So you don't have to write some, characters that you actually kind of care about surviving um you know there, there's a reason why jamie lee curtis is doing another halloween movie you know because that character is something that has stood the test of time and that you've cared about coming this far along um you know and, and i think that's what we're trying to attempt at least well i definitely appreciate that and i think the viewers will as well um I, you've done an excellent job thus far from what I've seen. Um, I'm really excited going forward to see what the final product is. Yeah, I'm really excited. And, and, and thank you so much for, you know, the, the praises. You know, it's, it's, it's extremely humbling and very thankful that you've enjoyed it. Um, and I'm very thankful for all the other people that I know that have enjoyed it from across the state and from really around the country, too. Um, 
that have given us our, our thanks and praises as well because our, our team and everybody has really, really enjoyed the process and very thankful for everybody. And I am very, and I, not just me, but everybody that's involved with us is extremely looking forward to showing people what we've done now. Would you be able to tell me a little bit about uh, Michigan Movie Mondays? I've seen a little bit of that on Facebook. Absolutely. But I don't know much about um, it. One of um, our co-founders as well, I mentioned his name quite a bit too because he's just a busy, busy dude. But Bill Kenny, um, through some acting stuff over the years as well, had uh, built a relationship with some um, several different people, um, more of, on, I guess, um, the administrative side of production and filmmaking. Um, got involved in a um, group called um, Michigan Film Society. Um, one of them, Zoss Films has had many, many shout-outs through them as well. Um, but um, was approached by a man named uh, Jeff Vega of uh, Vega Entertainment, and he really wanted to cultivate and build a brand of films in the state of Michigan. His son is, one of his sons is a filmmaker. He went out to um, Los Angeles and went to school and, you know, he's a, he, he, he'll, he'll say it himself. He's a simple man. You know, you watch stuff on TV and watch some movies, but he's got to kind of sit on his farm and, you know, build fences and tend to his sheep and things like that. But, uh, you know, the story he always kind of tells is, you know, happy wife, happy life, so the wife holds the remote, you know, at least in his house. <laughs> and so he watches a lot of Lifetime. And he's a big car guy, too, classic cars. And he sees this green truck in this uh, movie they were watching, and it just caught his eyes. Like, Man, that's a good-looking truck. Well, a week later-ish, they're watching another movie on Lifetime, and there's that same truck again. And then he starts noticing some of these actors are kind of mixing in between together in these different movies and TV shows. And so he got interested in, like, well, why is it like that? Well, you know, kind of put the pieces together and do a little research, and you realize, well, you know, it's contracted. You know, there's a team and a group of people that end up signing on with Lifetime, and, you know, it's a 10-movie deal. So these production teams, you know, you get two or three of them and, you know, each one makes a movie a year with different actors and they all kind of just mix around together. And um, Lifetime is mostly based out of Vancouver. And Vancouver is a, you know, since really the mid-90s has been, you know, the Canadian version of Hollywood. And even, you know, in Michigan, had it's a time too. There was a tax incentive uh, thing that's been around. Um, and that. That wasn't done upright. That was still just a lot of Hollywood people coming over and doing stuff. So he got interested in kind of some filmmaking and got involved with Michigan Film Society and seen so many talented actors and camera people and directors and writers and really the actual creative people, I guess, behind the scenes. Um, so, I mean, let's be honest, Hollywood, uh, you know, actors are the ones who get paid the most in Hollywood. And the reason why is because it gets people's butts in the seat. But there's a list. I mean, just every, every big Hollywood uh, budget film, whether it's a, a flop or, or not, 
has a group of amazingly skilled, talented people that don't get paid the Dwayne Johnson <laughs> type of money. Um, and he wanted to kind of reverse the roles a little bit when it comes to that sort of thing. Not because it's a, a, a shame on the actors. He wants to build a brand and a group of well-trained, skilled people to create some quality films. And um, he wanted to build a, a, you know, at this point, he's already had two groups out in the Detroit area that he's built up, and he wanted to start one in Grand Rapids. And, you know, I got, you know, just, I guess, how to walk in, you know, I guess, shaking the right hands and having some sort of skills. I was invited to be a part of, you know, the the conception of these groups. And um, Trisha Harmon of Noble Pearls, um production she's she's involved and it's me bill and trisha as the producers but um you know that was just a very fortunate thing and right now i guess the basic idea is is once a month on a monday we're pretty much looking about the third week of um the third monday of every month um there's going to be theaters around the state of mission that are going to feature these short films from every single group um so in Grand Rapids, you know, we got um, things coming out, um, and it's going to have not only things featured from the groups here in Grand Rapids, but things from Macomb County, things from Flint, things from, you know, at some point we're going to have, like, a Lakeshore group that will have the Muskegon, Holland type of area, and keep us kind of growing and cultivating and having somebody that is going to get our films in theaters. And, you know, to be honest, pay us. <laughs> You know, that's another big, well, that's a big thing in this industry, especially on the sort of level of productions. A lot of people outside of maybe, maybe the director and a handful of actors, it's, it's, it's because we love doing it and you want to make something great. Um, you know, this is about making sure that you're taking care of the people that are, that have those creative abilities and, um, making something special so that there's an incentive to drive harder. There's an, I guess there's an ownership to it too. And that type of concept too, I've, I've adopted in Zog's films. And, you know, when we first started out, it was out of the pure love, but now, you know, I understand that there, there is a responsibility of making sure that you take care of the people that take care of you. And now they feel an ownership of this film. So they, they really do put an extra little effort in, you know, even if it's not much, just some sort of um, incentive for them. Um, you know, actors will start saying, well, what if I tried doing this? Where before they would just sit, or, you know, with a camera person saying, hey, you know, I know how to run a camera, but, you know, now I actually care about this production. How about we try this instead of maybe what you have thought? And you try to grow in and, and have a collaboration of great minds and, um, you know, I feel very thankful and humbled to, um, to start this. And Mystery Movie Mondays, that's what we're doing is, um, you know, the third Monday of every month is getting these uh, films out there. And anybody who follows us films, uh, follows me, or you can also always follow, um, Mystery Movie Mondays and, uh, Vega Entertainment as well. And you'll see those events pop up all the time. Um, I know the Grand Rapids group, we already have a save the date for four months now at the Wealthy Street Theater in uh, Grand Rapids. Um, you get your tickets on Eventbrite. They're only $10. It's real simple. It doesn't have to be this time. 
uh, or, you know, at the time that you do hear this, but keep an eye out and, you know, see some amazing things for a very, very small price and help really support this, uh, you know, this community of amazing artists because there are going to be people that come out of these groups that are going to be in Hollywood or making these films that you are going to go end up paying, you know, $20 to go to see, you know. So, I mean, it's, uh, I'm very thankful to be a part of this and, um, I'm, I'm just really happy. Well, uh, as an inspiring artist, if someone listening to this wants to get in touch or possibly join the group, is there a yes, contact um, point? You can uh, always um, like Michigan Movie Mondays dash GR would be a great first starting point. There are many other groups. So if you just type in your search bar on Facebook, Michigan Movie Mondays, um, depending on your area in the state of Michigan. Um, you will, you know, there might like Ann Arbor's like Michigan Movie Mondays dash AA or Mac from Macomb County, things like that. But wherever maybe your local group is, um, I would start with there and get in touch with maybe the local producer there. Or if you want maybe a little bit more of a direct route, you can always like Zoss Films, Z-O-S Films on, um, on Facebook or YouTube. And you can always direct message us there as well. And um, obviously, I, I will see that personally and be able to help you out. Or you can email ZossFilms1 at gmail.com. And you, you can always send any resumes, headshots, um, things like that as well. Or if you're just, you know, you're brand new and you don't have any of that stuff, this, this isn't... Um, you know, a um, popularity contest. Every, nobody's discriminated against from experience, age, race, um, you know, whatever political affiliation. This is for people that want to make serious films and at every sort of experience level. So even if you're just starting out, this is a great foot in the door start for you. Um, you know, I did this, you know, not, I wouldn't say all on my own because, like I said, I've had so many amazing people through this process, but I wish I had this three or four years ago to start because you you will get tapped in instantly with these amazing people, and uh, it's um, a great place to start. So, once again, you can go on Facebook, um, look up Michigan Movie Mondays and dash whatever maybe your local group is, like the Michigan Movie Mondays dash GR, and uh, contact us there. Or you can always like us at Zoss Films on Facebook. Um, you can private message us there or email us at ZossFilms1, that's the number one, at gmail.com. Well, I just want to say thank you, and I'm really excited about this group in general, just to hear that there is a group, there is such a thing that's forthcoming because, you know, as someone that produces content myself, it's amazing how much work goes into it and how you don't know that until you're in the midst of it. So it's really exciting to see that there's going to be a resource for people to reach out to. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that when you produce things like this, it is almost, it, it is a second job, if not more. I, I think I put as many hours into our podcast as I do to my day job. And I have, I know for a fact that you do as well, if not many, yeah, I many mean, more. I mean, just for example, <laughs> um, you know, just recently, um, me and my wife and several actors, 
um, of many different things. We put in 36 hours in two days on a weekend. I mean, that's almost 40 hours. And then to think that I still have some editing things. So I come home and I might only spend two or three hours doing that thing, filing, sorting, and cutting, and, you know, all the all the tedious kind of end of uh, things to kind of make things happen. I mean, there's, there's your downtimes too. You know, there's times where, you know, you're not doing that sort of thing, but it really is a huge undertaking from one production. Then you start getting involved in so many more and it really is a second job. And, um, you know, the biggest advice to somebody who maybe want to do it, that hasn't even is just get up and do it, get up and do one. Cause you're going to meet somebody, um, that is going to inspire you to make you keep doing it. And I, I would highly recommend, um, either contacting Zoss Films or, um, Michigan Movie Mondays and getting, getting yourself involved. You know, if this is something that you are just, even if you want to be an extra and just see what maybe making a film looks like. Um, there is a lot of material being made out here in the state of Michigan. And uh, I think it's a good opportunity for a lot of people that have either already done it or just want to try. Well, I think that's very well said. And I'll completely agree that the first hurdle you need to overcome is yourself and you just need to do it. And you'll be amazed what you're capable of when you actually Absolutely. mind. I mean, and, and the big, you know, I, I've had several actors on my sets now that they would show up and it would be their first one. Like, or, you know, maybe not their first one, but, you know, they're 10, 12 years removed from either theater or doing some other type of film production, whether it's commercials or whatnot. And be like, yeah, this is my first time back or this is my first one ever. And you can't tell. You know, they're nervous, but they don't... You you can... People see something in, in you. And, you know, I like I said, Zoss Films and Michigan Movie Mondays and everything is about making sure that everybody has fun doing what we're doing. You know, it's tiring. You know, when you put in those types of long days, especially as a production crew member, you know, th- those are tiring times. But, you know, what, what, what's the saying in Hollywood? They say, you know, the worst day on set is better than the best day in the office. And I, I would trade every day I can to, to do this because, I mean, I love doing it. And I love telling these stories. And, you know, I've got my own stories that I want to tell one day. But one thing I really love personally doing is bringing somebody else's art to life. So even if you're just a writer, contact contact us, contact Michigan Movie Mondays. Um, Yeah, contact us, contact Michigan Movie Mondays, and somebody will give you a chance. I can almost guarantee you that. Well, sir, uh, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we are running Absolutely. a little short on time. Uh, so I just, I just want to say thank you very much for joining me. I look forward to uh, your upcoming releases. And thank you for being a guest on the show. Absolutely. I and, you know, back. thank you guys very, very much. Um, I, I love talking with you, Paul, and I know that we have a lot of fun, um, you know, talking about entertainment and nostalgia and, and uh, some of the quirkiness of what it is that uh, the things that we love and I and I love Brian and Adam too so very much so I'm very humbled and thankful that you would have the honor as the guest today well thank you again sir and uh, thanks everyone for listening this has been Dating Ourselves <laughs>